let's go right to the phones. And Mr. Nate Zielinski, should I be getting out my long rod or should I be planning on sitting over an ice, a hole in the ice? I'll tell you, Terry, I think uh, I think the second option is looking a lot more realistic um, for us at this time. Um, yeah, I, yeah, talking ice and open water, it's such a catch-22 for me, Terry, because you know, we're starting our ice seasons earlier and earlier every year. I mean, if you really want to get on the ice, you know, you have options of getting on the ice in October. Um, and even if you want to or don't want to, no matter what, December 1st, we're certainly on the ice. So our seasons are starting earlier and earlier. And, you know, we hit it hard and we catch a ton of fish. And right now, again, like we talked about last week, is our best time of the year for so many species. You know, big pike, big lakers, big walleyes. So, the enthusiasm's there because our giant fish are here. But after being on the ice for several months, um, you know, sitting in a T-shirt, pushing down the throttle on my nitro, sure sounds very appealing. Um, <laughs> but but I did a, a great ice check this week, Terry, and I know we talked about you know what the front range is looking like. Um, you know, Chatfield's near and dear to my heart, right? It's it's my favorite fishery in the state. I went out on Thursday morning and I checked ice kind of everywhere, and the thinnest ice I could find. This is the thinnest was nine and a half inches. Um, with that being said, the thinnest ice I could find was out in front of Plum Creek. So pretty much dead center between the South Marina and the dam, um, kind of in the area that is notoriously the worst ice of the year. It's notoriously the spot that on most years doesn't even freeze. Um, and we had nine and a half there. You know, you're starting to get a little bit of soft shoreline, but it's really not a soft shoreline. It's simply for the fact that the waters came up about three vertical feet um, since the start of ice season. So our water level is rising, which is just presenting some of that shoreline water. Um, but really, I mean, we're not even to the point where, you know, we always talk about needing a plank to get on the ice or anything like that. You just step right onto the ice. So um, the ice is thick, and it's it's not in signs of rot. Um, I mean, I had uh, maybe a half inch on the bottom and a half inch on top of a little bit of gray. But other than that, the ice is clear, hard, and, um, I mean, we for certainly have uh, another solid week on the ice, if not longer. Um, and then I think we're looking at probably a solid month of, of the belt. Um, so boating season on the front range is a, is a ways away. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. One, a couple of things I want to um, want to talk about. One is in the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about some of these northern lakes. And some of them are actually starting to show some open water. But Chatfield, Cherry Creek, I'm hearing good things. Of course, the mountain lakes, I'm hearing good things. But you really need to be aware this time of the year and because conditions change quickly, and not only for safety reasons, safety reasons you have to be aware, but also the fishing can change very quickly too. We're 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 going to be in a unique. We haven't had ice on the front range this late into the season for a while, so it's going to affect the migration and habits of those fish. Some of what they do will be under the ice before we even get to them. So take us through what you're seeing and how you'd approach, say, Chatfield and some of these reservoirs right now. Absolutely. You know, and I think that's probably the craziest thing is you're right. I mean, ice conditions vary. So, you, you know, when we talk about safety, we'll start with that. Watch your shorelines getting on and off. I mean, you can get off or get onto the ice 
you know, at four in the morning, like I did the other day and everything is super hard. If you were to fish all day, all of a sudden you might go to walk off the ice in the afternoon and you might have, you know, water between the, the good ice of 10 inches and shore just because the water's rising in those shorelines. So keep an eye on the conditions throughout the course of the day. And then obviously I think expansion cracks are the biggest thing that gets people in trouble this time of year. You know, where your ice has been growing all winter, there's expansion cracks everywhere. When, I walked around Thursday. Every expansion crack I could find uh, was closed, and I notoriously know where these cracks, you know, happen almost every year. So I went looking in those areas, and again, all the cracks were locked up. But in the coming week or weeks, um, you're going to see those expansion cracks getting soft. So use caution when crossing those type things. So that's on the ice side of things. As far as the fish side of things, love is in the air. You know, for our walleyes, for our rainbows, for our pike. You know, we are in pre-spawn states for all of those fish so you're going to see those fish um you know holding on as long as they can into their feeding patterns and then they're going to start migrating into their spawning site um the first of these to go is going to be the walleye um we start seeing walleye showing up on the dam faces on the inlets um as early as right now the first week of march we're really pretty much kind of gangbusters in that second third week of march um and again i think everybody thinks that the walleyes will wait um they're not as picky as i think we think they are whether there's an ice cap or not when when mother nature says it's time to go uh it's time to go so it might you know it might they might push back a little bit um but i think we're going to see these fish going into a, a pretty hard um you know migratory zone to start spawning here pretty quick so i you know i still had tons of fish all over the structure on chatfield on thursday uh but i really think you're going to start seeing those fish migrating towards the dams migrating towards plum creek migrating towards the south end um just because historically uh you know this is the time when they're really in those final you know couple days before they get into that spawn mode so um i as an angling side of things your two tactics that you're really going to start looking for number one reactionary so you're working spoons very aggressive rattle spoons things like that are really going to help you uh blade baits are going to help you lipless cranks and rattle baits so you want to make that noise take advantage of those fish in that kind of more aggressive state and then i don't think anybody is used to fishing walleyes is shallow um everywhere in the country where you walleye fish into march and april they're used to shallow water walleyes but a lot of times we're not on the ice in march um so i think finding these fish in you know four or five five, six, seven feet of water is not going to be uncommon in the next week or so. So I would put yourself in to say, hey, you know, two, three years ago when I was on my boat in early March, where were I throwing jerk baits? Where was I throwing my, my soft plastics? Think about where you find those walleyes in shallow water, especially near those contour edges. Um, and I think that's going to be a great area to target these fish through the ice um, in this coming week. Um, you know, in the 10-day, 15-day forecast, we have some little warm days, but by no means is it some of those 70-degree, 80-degree days that really helps us break up the ice. So the ice is here. Uh, why we have an opportunity to catch some big, giant, you know, pre-spawn and spawn walleyes through the ice, I, I would take advantage. Just use caution, think about going shallow, and think about fishing more aggressive. Uh, you know, I know that with Pueblo will be open water if it's not already, <clears throat> and we take a lot of eggs or parks the wildlife does. Do you think that 
the ice is going to affect the egg take on Cherry Creek and Chatfield. In fact, I'm not sure they're taking eggs at Chatfield this year unless they have to, but is it going to affect those operations? You know, it's going to definitely affect the, the Cherry Creek, but luckily the marina is open at Cherry Creek as far as a little bit of open water. Not open to boating, not open to fishing, don't things like that. But right where the boats are at, kind of that corner of the dam, there is open water at Cherry Creek, so the the dam face at Cherry Creek opens pretty quick. Um, you know, and obviously Parks and Wildlife does not have to fall under the clause that we do as kind of the public boaters of having the lake be 100% ice-free for that spawn. So um, I would say Chatfield, it's not on schedule right now to be netted this spring. Um, by no means would it be able to, even if it was on schedule. So Chatfield's pretty much out for the egg take. Uh, Pueblo is open. Boat ramps are open. It is ready to go. Um, so everything's good at Pueblo for the egg cake. So they're right on schedule. And then I think, you know, maybe not by the 15th when they're scheduled to go, but I would say soon after, I think uh, CPW would be able to make a run along the dam, assuming they're not worried about the ice. Uh, blowing in on the net. So um, I have not had a conversation with him about this, but but I think by maybe March 20th, you know, 22nd, I think they might be able to sneak some nets on the dam face at Cherry Creek just because that tends to melt off a little faster. Um, but again, I, I would not plan on boating any of the, the Cherry Creek chat field. Um, April 1st, I think, might even be kind of a dream. I think we're probably looking more at the uh, 10th, 15th-ish for our boating season to start down here. But uh, they'll be in full swing at Pueblo. And even if they only have Pueblo, uh, they will be able to you know, maintain our egg numbers from there. And they do have two backup locations set. Um, I don't really know if it's super public information, but they have two other reservoirs out side of Chatfield and Cherry Creek um, kind of locked in for an emergency plan for those eggs. So uh, no matter what, we will uh, we will have our walleyes uh, for the continuation of our, our cycles there. What about the fishing at Cherry Creek? You still getting on the ice there or is it getting a little... We, uh, we are. We are. We're still getting on the ice at Cherry Creek. Fishing is good. Uh, but with that said, I would say it's nowhere near Chatfield, Terry. And um, honestly, we're, we're catching some big fish at Cherry Creek. Um, the shorelines are a hair softer there. And again, kind of over on that far north side, those rocks are warming up. So we're, we're losing some access off like the dam type areas. But the, you know, Lake Loop points and all those type access points, you're still getting on the creek, no problem. Um, but just the, the fishing Cherry Creek to Chatfield um, with a lacking shad at Chatfield. That bite is so good. Um, I'm having a hard time, you know, making the drive to Cherry Creek when when the walleye bite is as good as it is at Chatfield. Let's change things up a little. Well, but first, I wanted to talk hunting, but before we do, what about the mountains and the pike? We're doing great, Terry. You know, the the snow has kind of slowed down a little bit, which is great. Um, you know, kind of like Dan was saying up uh, up there. Snow can be good and bad, right? Snow can insulate it to prolong the ice season, which we love. Um, but too much snow this time of year can really start to wear on the oxygen levels, especially in those really shallow lakes. So Delaney Butte, Lake John, and Taro, um, those are the type of fisheries that can really take a beating with too much snow. And honestly, kind of a new one to the list is spinny. The water level at spinny is so drastically low. Um, the entire kind of northeast half and really just that, that whole kind of section over there from the Bird Islands to the entrance um, is so low in water, we're really starting to worry about the oxygen levels there. So, um, you know, had we continued with the snow that we had been getting, um, I was really starting to worry about winter kills. But the snow was kind of tamed down, um, so things are looking good there. So we're excited about that. I think all the lakes are going to come through really strong. Um, 
I've been putting most of my focus on pike and lake trout, but the rainbows are going good. So you're starting to see those fish come shallow at Antero. So the boat dock areas where they were stocked are good. You're seeing fish migrating to the inlet areas, which is great. Um, 11 Mile, you know, it has your main inlet from your South Platte comes from Spinney, but there's a lot of little tributaries that come in. So that little creek that comes in at Witcher's Cove has drawn a ton of fish. Um, the North Shore where these fish get stocked is loaded with fish right now. Um, everything like Cross Creek actually by the inlet is loaded with fish. So lots of good rainbow opportunities for those big fish moving up shallow. Um, again, like I said, the Lakers are coming shallow. They're starting to get super aggressive. But most of all, and probably my, my number one trip right now is those pike. Um, you know, we talked about the last couple shows, but our pike are in that pre-spawn state. They're getting much more uh, vulnerable to the angler. So they're, they're more coming on a pattern um, that we're able to target them a lot easier um, and it's just more of a continuous bite. So we're really excited about that because the pike are, are really in the favor of the anglers right now. So doing a lot of that uh, to the ice in the coming weeks. You know, one comment quick before I want to move on to some hunting and that's that you talked about the trout gathering up at the inflow. Part of that's the spawn, but part of that's we are getting some warm enough days that some of the snow melts or some of the new snow melts and that inflow coming under the ice is adding valuable oxygen to a lot of those to a lot of those lakes, and that's probably gathering a lot of those trout also. You're even getting some food coming in with it, yeah. So you're getting food coming in, you're getting a ton of options. So there's definitely a huge draw there for that, absolutely. Let's talk about the big game uh, application is open. Uh, people can go online. You can get the big game brochure. But what should I be doing right now? What you know? What should I be kind of doing electronic scouting to pick where I want to hunt? What should I be doing right now? Okay, so I think the biggest thing right now is, you know, it, it's open. So you can actually officially put in for your licensing. I always tell people, you know, hey, I, I don't get too excited right now. Obviously, I never wait till the last minute. You want to have time in case something goes wrong, in case, you know, there's something wrong with a past year situation or anything. So you don't want to wait till the last minute. But right now, everything's just coming out. So they just issued basically the point. Um, so you are now able to kind of look at what certain unit took last year to draw points. And to be honest, Terry, we have a lot of things happening with points in Colorado. And this is something we'll talk about over the next couple of weeks. But we have two major things that really cycled in, maybe three we'll call it. So number one, COVID hit. When COVID hit, more people got in the outdoors. So we had a huge influx um, of new hunters putting in for big game licenses, which kind of threw the whole system off. You had more people putting in for tags. Um, and with that, the tags became more affordable with the way we changed our draw. So all of that kind of hit and boosted, you know, the amount of hunters putting in for certain tags. Then the other big thing we had, when they did our five-year structure, it pushed our seasons later. So archery season went from starting in late August to starting September 2nd. And then that fourth rifle, which is like a premium deer rut, as well as just a great late season elk hunt, um, those went later, you know, roughly 10 days later, taking you to the end of November. So a lot of hunters that had been sitting on point burned those points because they either wanted the, you know, they wanted the later seasons, whether it was later for archery or later for that late rifle hunt. Um, tags that used to take certain points drastically went up because these people that had not been, you know, putting in for a unit, they'd just been acquiring points, now flooded the system and put in points. Um, so that did a major boost. Then we also have had all the talk about wolves. 
Um, you know, whether you're pro for it, pro it, this is not that conversation. This is simply for the fact that there's a lot of hunters in the northwest corner of the state that have been holding on to points that are now having concerns that the wolves will affect the elk population, will affect the deer population, and they are burning their points. So long story short, in the past, we've been fairly consistent of being able to say, hey, I'm pretty sure I'm going to draw this tag with this many points. Um, things have been changing a lot in the last three years um, due to all the factors that I just talked about. So look at stats from last year. Look at how many people put in, what it took, where these areas are at. So I think right now I encourage everybody within the next week before we join you next weekend on the show, just look at last year's draw. Look at what it took. Look at the harvest results. You know, talk to big game processors. Talk to taxidermists. Do some education on where you want to go, what the points are, was there good harvest results, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then next week we'll kind of continue talking about this just to help everybody make the best educated decision um, on what they should do for their tags. But right now it's education. I'm not putting in for tags. I'm just looking at what my points are. I'm looking at what tags are. And I'm just kind of getting some ideas of what's happening. And next weekend I'll walk you through the next step in this process. All right, my friend, we are out of time. If people want to book a trip or talk to you, how do they get a hold of you? Absolutely, Terry. TightlineOutdoors.com, Tightline Outdoors on Facebook. Uh, I know that personally I had a cancellation this week, so I got one walleye opening, and I believe I have one pike opening this week, uh, which is rare for me to have these late-minute openings, but we have everything going. So just search out Tightline Outdoors, figure out how to get a hold of us. We would love to get you on the ice for some of this amazing bite. All right, my friend, we'll talk to you next week.